Hello, Anthony. How is your how is your, how are you doing? I am doing okay. Mm. Okay. Some would say even good. They're weird people, but I kind of agree with them. <laughs> They're weird people for commenting on your life. Kind of. I, I didn't ask them. What if you're on like a Truman Show esque kind of thing? I haven't considered this. <laughs> oh, come on. That's why you should have stuck around for us watching. The... No, you did. You weren't around when we watched The Matrix. You should have been questioning it then. Look, man, we... just because we watch all of The Matrix movies does not mean that you think about The Matrix movies. Sometimes, sometimes when you're watching a movie, <laughs> it just happens in front of you. Specific, specifically, the second and the third movie are movies that just kind of happen in front of you. I, I would I would agree with that actually. The first ones, yeah, pretty good, but the, once you get to like the second and the third, they're okay, mm-hmm. right? Like I was uh, somebody put me in this car, I took a ride. I mean, I didn't. Is, is the Matrix I would, I, the car? I think so, and I wouldn't get back in. I'd step if somebody let me out of the car. I think I'd stay out of the car. But if nobody did, I'd probably just keep sitting and go for the ride. It's kind of like one of those things. So what if this was like your Uber driver? Your Uber driver was this metaphorical Matrix car. Okay. It rolled up and was like, hey, I'm going to get you where you need to go. All you need to do is watch all three of my movies. I'd pro- I mean, that if, if I'm in the Uber for six hours, I think I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> What if that Uber is taking you to, like, Dubai or something like that? It's taking you to a far-off land. First of all, that is that Uber got, got some wings. Oh, yeah. It's going super fast. I think I'm going to be uncomfortable have, the entire time. Have you watched The Matrix? Uh, right as soon as you get to the end of the first movie and Neo flies, that's when the car takes off. It's kind of like a theme ride. Anthony, are you enjoying your metaphor that you set up? Look, my metaphor was good. You killed it. You took took my dog out back and shot it. That's what you did. This was fine until you ruined it with your your droomness. Look, look, I'm just expanding on your metaphor. All right, so let's say, let's say you're waiting for a train. And that train happens to be the Matrix. And the train comes up to the station. All right. (laughs) If the train is going. You know, no, I'm stopping. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm on the train. Let's, let's okay. ride. Let's ride this out. Let's okay. see where it goes. All right. Let's say uh, the train is going 45 miles an hour, and you need to get to San Diego. How many Matrix movies would you have to sit through if the train was going 45 miles an hour? Uh, I'm not doing math. No. <laughs> No, that is... That's where I was taking it, and you asked. You asked me to continue the question. You know what? No, I regret staying on the train. I'm jumping off. (laughs) Uh, Excel is where I do my math. I don't don't do it anywhere else. I got fingers for that, Mm. and I got functions for the rest. It sounds like you need to open Excel to learn learn the the Matrix problem. How many Matrix trilogies is it to San Diego? (laughs) It's no many. It's no many. <laughs> oh man! Whoa. I think I would be upset. I think I could. I could. I could deal 
with like the first run through but like the second any of that's on repeat i'm suffering <laughs> even the first movie yeah look, look i can't i can't enjoy media that 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 quickly there's very few things i can watch again and still find it as enjoyable really like you don't go back to movies I don't go back to movies, I don't go back to books, I don't go back to TV shows. There's like a very rare time I'll go back to them. And I normally don't because I've already ha- I've already had the ride. You know? Like I, I don't need to I don't need to sit down and go through it again. Hmm. Like I could not see The Lord of the Rings for the rest of my life. And I'd probably well, be okay yeah, with that. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's probably an, that's probably an overstatement. You, you you really can't sit through the Lord of the Rings multiple times in a day and be all right with it. Yeah, granted, you could probably do the entire extended cut series within a day. So that that if my Uber driver was doing that, then you know. <laughs> I like how far this metaphor has gone. I appreciate how far this metaphor has gone. You also, be able to get to Dubai with that one. <laughs> also, it would take 7.3 viewings of the Matrix trilogy to get from the East Coast to the West Coast. Oh, screw that. I'm walking. <laughs> You're telling me you don't want to see Neo say, whoa? It's probably more than seven times. It's probably more like 30, maybe 50 he says it you quite lost, a bit in that movie. You lost me at the underground rave scene. How does that lose? You know what? No, this podcast is not about the Matrix trilogy. Uh, we can make it. We we could, this, it. Could, this could be our Matrix cast. We can make we it. Watch, we watch the movies at the time. I don't I, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. We did We did not, no. Okay. No, so. The time has passed. We, we, we have missed that boat. We have missed that train traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast. At what speed? Uh, 45 miles an hour. Thank you very much. All right. I remembered. Sure. Oh, look at you um, with, that, with that strong big boy memory. <laughs> All right. So, side story before we get into any of our actual topics. Oh, please um, go ahead. We're seven minutes in. Let's see. <laughs> oh, it's another Matrix thing. Don't you worry. I didn't intend <laughs> on going down this road. Um. So... I remember when I got a tour of Rowan University, um, like an open house. Um, they brought us into the student center, and uh, you, have you, you have you been in the student center? I mean, I've been at Rowan. Okay, so I once in, had a date. I once had a date at Rowan. Hmm. We'll have to get all the juicy details after my important Matrix story. So, in the center of the student center, um, they have all these banners kind of on the side that talk about the different clubs that you can, that like exist within Rowan. And my tour guide made a very specific, like, point about there being a Matrix club at some point in Rowan when the movies were really popular. Effectively, guys would dress up in black trench coats and pretend to be in slow motion, and that was the club. I, to this day, still want to join this club very badly. I want to stand around in trench coats and pretend to be in slow-mo and make that technically a club. <laughs> make that a group I could be a part of. Well, don't, don't, let, your, don't let your dreams stay dreams, man. Just... I don't know if I put in the local paper or meetup.com 
if there would be a matrix group look man you could probably get a flash mob going there's mm. there's enough people you could probably get enough friends okay <laughs> just anthony, to help you with this anthony honest question how uh, good of a friend are you would you join my flash mob if i asked you i like to think i'm a good friend because i'll tell you it's a bad idea <laughs> Oh, I hate you. I hate you with passion. <laughs> You're shooting down my dreams right now. Hey, look, man. I'm, you, I say don't let your dreams stay dreams, but I'm, they're, they're shitty dreams, bro. Wow. I'm just sitting here crying into, crying into, crying into my water and well, technically refilling my water because I'm crying into my water. I don't, I don't like the sanitariness of this. That, I don't, mm, mm. this is how we mutate coronavirus. Me crying into my water. All right, I'm done. No more Matrix things. Unless you wanted to talk extensively about that date that you went on. Hey, look, man. All I'm saying, it was a very weird library date. So, mm. and I didn't go there, and I didn't go to school there either. So it was extra weird. <laughs> I will say that library is beautiful. It is I, a very I, nice I, library. I like it a lot, and I'm not even a person who like who would like to spend a boatload of time in the library, but I would actually at Rowan um studying just kind of hanging out doing a thing um yeah it, it, it was an, it's a really nice place i'm just saying oh. the rutgers library great place to take a nap <laughs> how comfy are the couches honestly pretty comfy like I, I, i've fallen asleep in them do they give you any grief for falling asleep on the couches i would say it's encouraged actually like i i would say th no matter what throughout the day there's at least like three or four students of us sleeping on those couches it's actually just a homeless shelter that you found that has some books on the wall <laughs> oh man i'm gonna go back and visit rowan's library when the world's not ending mm. all right done with that it's over with yep i know because otherwise know we'll get off something... on many tangents you you did have something you did want to talk about though, uh, a game you were enjoying. Uh, yes, actually, two games I've been enjoying. This is going to be a nerdy podcast. I'm letting you know right now. Like oh. audience, audience, we're going to talk about video games extensively for this podcast. Yeah, if you want yeah. off the train, I will see you next episode. <laughs> but this is going to be a nerdy episode. Gee, I couldn't tell with all the Matrix. Uh, what? metaphors I, I, I wouldn't call them okay well all right, me doing the math on how long it would take how many matrix movies lengths it would take to cross through the east coast to the west coast that's a little bit nerdy but man that matrix. just means you're more willing to google than i am <laughs> shut up <laughs> um so all right so long story short i played two games recently and i wanted to talk about them they are on polar opposite sides of my enjoyment factors and all in good ways. Okay. Like, if, if my enjoyment was one of those political compass things, it would be on, it would be on like, if there was an enjoyment side and a not-enjoyment side, both of these would be on the enjoyment side, but opposite sides. I played okay. a game called Fall Guys. Um, you've actually watched me play Fall Guys a couple of times. I have. That game is pure, unadulterated hilarious nonsense and i love it like okay. that game you know what's funny um so i'll give this description mm -hmm. as a story 
So for anyone who doesn't know about Fall Guys, I went over to my dad's the other day and I described to him this game as, um, I think it was called Takeshi's Castle or something like that. It's a show back on in on oh, Spike on oh, back in the oh. day. Most yeah, Extreme Elimination. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, people know it more now as like American Ninja Warrior, Wipeout, all these other kind of shows. But it's the same idea, which is just like these people try and make their way through an obstacle course mm-hmm. and try not to screw up too badly. And essentially, this game says, all right, we're going to make you go through an obstacle course and you're going to be playing as cute little jelly bean boys. Also... 60 of you are going to be trying to get through this obstacle course at the same time. Good luck. (laughs) It has been, like, just pure, unadulterated joy to play because it's just so adorable and it's so much fun. It's not anger-inducing. It's not like I play it and I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. It's like, even when I lose, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I had fun with that. I got thrown off into a pit of slime and I died. Well, all right, I'll just queue up for another one. I'll just queue up for another game. That game is a silly amount of fun. Hmm. Hey. Yeah, oh. um, I think I do enjoy games like that every once in a while. Because sometimes you just want something that is zero stress, or at least very low stress. You just kind of want something that feels adorable to play. And it's just low stress you know, you have enough going on during the day. Just something to unwind. Yeah. I think the, the Jackbox games kind of fill that, that niche for me a little bit. Yeah, in a way. Like, I have games that specifically fill that need, which is like a low-stakes, low-stress kind of game that you can play for hours, and you're just like, yeah, I had a good time playing that. I didn't have to think too hard. I didn't have to, like, play at some crazy high level. And I'm laughing the entire time because it's just so silly that I got beamed in the head by a giant banana and I fell off the course because of that. And I have to try again. Yeah. Or, I, or... Yeah, like, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, like, for instance, I think, uh, what is it? Castle Crashers is probably a good example of that. Yeah. I mean, you, have, you definitely have to think a tiny bit in that game, but it's mm. nothing that's, like, super taxing on you. It's like, the way you described it is kind of perfect, which is like, you get off of work, you log on to it, you just kind of play, and you're having a good time, even if you're not, like, like playing some incredible game. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a very, very nice, um, like, downtime game. And, And it's super fun with your friends, because you can just watch your friend get, like, beamed in the head by a banana, or, like, or your friend, um... Or your friend jumped onto a seesaw that was 90 degree angle and just fall right off of it. <laughs> and just be like, well, all right. It, it's, a, it's just a lot of silly fun. Um, and it's kind of funny because I guess I wouldn't be talking about this game as much if the game wasn't as stupidly successful as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently the game is doing incredibly well. And I can only chalk that up to how stressful of a time we're living in. That people mm-hmm. just want to watch jelly bean men like try and fight their way through a wipeout <laughs> course. <laughs> I think that is a very fair assessment. Uh... <laughs> like it's kind of in the same boat as Animal Crossing, which is just like people are buying it to feel good and to play something in their downtime that makes them mm-hmm. feel good. 
it's not something that's going to be like the next eSport or something that's like going to take the world by storm. It's really going to make you think, no, it's a jelly bean man wearing a toucan on a head, on his head, running through a course and falling over face first on the ground. <laughs> yeah, you it's know what? I, I think I can very much uh, agree with you on this. It's um, You're kind of selling me on it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking about getting it now. Yeah, I, I really do think the game is like up most people's alleys. And even if and even if it's not, if you're playing with some friends, it, you can get a few good hours out of it. Mm-hmm. If you pick it up, just let me know, because I will I will gladly play with you. Um so the other game I've been playing on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> oh, okay. On the way opposite end of uh Jelly Bean Man falling on his face. Um, I played an old game called Marie's Room. Okay. Have you heard anything about this? I did a quick Google search because uh, <laughs> I did that want doesn't to be, count. I didn't want to be uh, completely out of the loop, but uh, I am. I have not learned much. I That's see there not... is a room, and there's Marie. Uh, Marie is not in the room. Oh, that is that is an important note. So. Um, the the game the game is I guess the best way to describe it is a walking simulator, but I feel like that's a negative term to put on it. Okay. It's kind of one of those experience games where you play it, it doesn't have any crazy deep mecha- like gameplay mechanics, but it's just about experiencing a story and like unlocking the mystery it kind of has. Mm. So the the idea of the game is you are um, a woman who is going to this house because your friend Marie used to live there. Um, she she's not there right now, and you go into the room with the with permission. It's not like you break into the house, um, and you kind of start reliving old memories of being around her and being best friends with her in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, these two characters, the one you play as and Marie come from pretty much completely different backgrounds. Um, the character you play um, doesn't have a perfect home life. She has a bit she has some issues with her with her with um, how she goes about in her life. And then on the opposite end, Marie is a super kind a girl who like volunteers at a food kitchen and wants to help everyone and is friends with everyone, all this kind of stuff. Um, that's about all the story I can tell you. But what I can tell you is it's a super engrossing story about these two people's friendship. And it's played in a really interesting way of you discovering all of the story behind their friendship. Like, essentially, the entire game takes place in this one room. You do not leave this, like, I don't know, maybe it's like a 10 10 foot by 20 foot room. It's very small. But the entire time you're trying to like piece the puzzle back together of like um, what happened between you two? Like why like why is she not around right now? Why um, um, are you guys still friends? Um, what's going on? Because when you first come into the room, the room's kind of empty. Um, it's it's it looks like it's almost being moved out. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. I. I kind of want to play more games like Marie's Room. 
it's it's a very it it, it kind of hits my brain in the perfect kind of way which is like it's a very short story it's a story that's well told it's a, it's a puzzle game and a mystery so you kind of have to solve the game itself to to progress and the game is extraordinarily short i finished huh. the game in about an hour oh okay that that is really short yes but my point with it is i would very much recommend it's free <laughs> it's not like you oh, need to pay okay. any money for it it's free it's a one hour game essentially um and it really kind of brings you into this world and makes everything super believable mm-hmm. um which a lot of games kind of struggle with in like that short amount of time especially with the subject matter of like two girls were friends in high school and something happened you got to figure out what happened it could very easily devolve into like all this crazy shenanigans mm-hmm. this all feels really grounded and really down to earth kind of what happens and I remember being in the end, being in like the ending scene and being like, oh yeah, this was a game I started up an hour ago and I went through this whole journey and I kind of loved it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How do you feel about games? Do you have any games like that where like it's a very tiny game, but it's kind of like elicited a big emotion out of you, whether it's like you like it a lot or something like that? Yeah, actually, you know what? There is a game, and you've played it, too. We, I remember we very much loved this game. Uh, do you remember the game called uh, To the Moon? Uh, correction. I have not played that game entirely. But oh. I, have played, I have played that game. Okay. Yes. I, yeah. am, um, I, liked, I liked what it was doing. I, 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 I didn't stop it because I didn't like it. I just stopped it because I was... Um, I, I had something to do, and I just never picked it back up. Dude, tell and, me about the game. Yeah, in all fairness, it was something that I didn't play. I watched. But uh, it was essentially about this this person trying to recover memories of somebody. And uh, they had were going through, like, this, this person's life and trying to figure out, like, trying to patch together, like, a happy ending for them, essentially, so that they can well die in peace essentially Mm. it's a very somber kind of game but it's also about understanding you know like what was your past and being able to accept what was your past and being able to move forward with it and understanding that sometimes the good things around you don't always stay and you never get the chance to truly stand strong with them but I, I very much loved the game because of the atmosphere it elicited. It was, it was a pixel sort of game, uh, more in the, what is it, 32-bit style. But I loved the art style of it. I loved the direction that it gave. It wasn't a, it wasn't a long game either. Um, but it, it was actually one of those games where I watched a playthrough of and then bought it to support it. Mm, there you go. I didn't play it. I just bought the game because, like, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I've been there before too. That's not that's not it. I was gonna laugh, but I'm like, I've been there before. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. You know, I think what makes me like games like these so much, like Marie's Room and To the Moon, it's mm-hmm. a lot of like little details about the games. Mm-hmm. The games, since they're so short and they're so like. Um, 
since they're so short and they're so like focused, mm-hmm. um, they they focus a lot on details. They focus a lot on saying like, "All right, you um, you're going to be stuck in, in Marie's room in in this instance. You're going to be stuck in this small room, and the entire time you need to interact with anything and everything in the room, and everything needs to tell a part of a story. Mm-hmm. So let's make everything in the room." interesting and expanding on the narrative expanding on the characters expanding on whatever even if it's not vitally important to the game it tells a story okay yeah that's kind of what that's kind of what i like about these smaller games so much is they feel super focused on what they want to do and that gives them a lot of um that gives them a lot of creative liberty to kind of just go wild with it like do what they want to do I feel like one of the things I really enjoy about those type of games is the emotional narrative that they build. Mm. So for me, um, I used to be be a person that was very much not in touch with his emotions and such. Uh, and kind of like exploring those emotional narratives was something that I had really enjoyed. And in all honesty, I still enjoy to this day being able to explore like emotional growth and see like where people go with their with their own little story and it allows you to go along for the ride but the ride isn't long enough to where you know you get bored of it or you fall out of the pacing it it keeps you at just the right time and yeah yeah i I feel like pacing is something that can make it go a long way so you know you're not at movie seven in the (laughs) matrix trilogy yeah, I feel like it might even be something I've actually talked about on the podcast before, but I really just appreciate these small focused experiences because they feel like they have so much passion put into them. They're mm-hmm. not longer than they have to be. They're not some 80-hour epic, which, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I won't appreciate. Like, some ga- like there are some games I love that I've put, like, hundreds of thousands of hours into, but um, there's something special about just booting up a game and playing it to completion in like an hour or two and then closing the game and being like, yeah, that was nice. That was, that was really nice. Like I, I, I felt something for all the characters. I liked the story. Yeah. I had fun with it. Yeah. I'm trying to... Cause I feel like sometimes you just don't, you don't need the long form narrative. Not every game needs to be the Witcher three. Yeah. Yeah. Not every game needs like some crazy long story. It's kind of why like, I don't know. I don't want to get off in this t- on this tangent, but like, it's kind of why when somebody tells me that a game is like eighty hours long, a hundred hours long, I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I know there are so many of these experiences out there, and I just want to see them. Like Papers Please, almost Papers mm-hmm. Please is a perfect example of a game that is as long as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Papers Please uh, was the game about being a border. Uh, Czech agent in some sort of uh, communist state Mm -hmm. Um, and it it kind of just showed with with not a lot going on behind the hood with it it was able to deliver a narrative and a point without having to be something you played for many many hours it something you could drop in and play like an hour or two of it I, i think you get most of the experience out of it by that point yeah, within like a few days of pl- within a few in-game days of playing it, you just have like this appreciation for what you're doing and like mm-hmm. 
you understand like how hard this job is. Yeah. You look at it, you say, oh yeah, like you need to turn people away because they have the incorrect paperwork, even though they waited in line for like 12 hours or something like that. It's yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's such a cool experience and it only stays as long as it needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, now let's talk about a game that you that you put ten thousand hours into, and a, <laughs> a billion a billion years later, you're still playing. No, I'm kidding. Tell me about Imperator Rome. Okay, so very interestingly, this was a game that I hated at release <laughs> because I realized after a little bit it was a very shallow game that didn't have a lot going on behind it. And uh, it's this is a paradox game, so it's one of those grand strategy, try and explore and you know conquer and you know manage your country and such. Except this is for when this the time period is when Rome was being founded and starting out. When you're fighting like the Etruscans, the Carthaginians, and the Greeks are still like uh, wavering just after the fall of Alexander. That that time period. Uh, it's something I, I kind of enjoy those type of games. I know I've talked about it before, but when I first had played this game, this was a game that felt like it was a map painter, less that you were actually building something and more that, well, you were just kind of steamrolling everything around you. But now I feel like the game has jumped, uh, up a bit. It has become a much, much better game. At this point. Hmm. Do you feel like it's um, it's one specific thing they fixed? Or is it a wide sweeping amount of issues? They, they fixed a lot of things. Uh, for one, uh, the customize, customization of, the, of your nation has expanded. Like, before you were just kind of just like ticking up levels on things. Now it feels like you're actually building a country. You're starting to build like these ancient states that they're, they're starting to become like more uh, cities are starting to form. You're actually, if you choose to play as so, your tribe is becoming more formalized as like uh, starting to become a country. Uh, it's trying to be more centralized and such. Uh, there's definitely a progression that you make. You're actually building something year after year after year, and all the little decisions you make help build towards that. And I just find it so interesting the way that they've done it. Uh, you could you essentially have like provinces that you can promote to like bigger city areas, and you can keep growing them more and more. And it's something that might sound boring to some people i'll I'll just be honest right there it's not a game for everybody but from like a nation building perspective and if you enjoy those types of games it's something that is very engaging everything from the the faction system that it has going for, for it which they just updated today which honestly it it pretty much solved the issue i was having with the game currently so it's like oh well now it's even better <laughs> What uh, what are you kind of enjoying the most out of it, like with with, um, with bef- like a before and after? What is like your the 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 happiest feature you have? You can't really hundred percent it. 
And that's an important thing. Like, you, there's no way for you to really be 100% your, what's around you. Like, you can always push for more and more and more. You can basically, it allows you to keep on having that bit of greed that wants you to keep pushing forward more, right? Like, you, you never feel as though things are absolutely settled. You have the different families and factions within your own country that are vying for their own control. You have the different people, uh, different countries around you that are growing and expanding and falling apart and trying to get their own way in the world. Uh, there's just so many mechanics that make it don't that doesn't make it feel like you're just painting a map. It makes it feel like you're in an active nation that you have to keep account of. Like you have to be worried about one family being not getting enough political positions because uh, you forgot that they existed. <laughs> and you're like, oh, crap, I should probably reassign somebody. And the people don't want to be reassigned because like, hey, wait, you're now taking from my family now? So it's it's kind of interesting because they have different mechanics for like republics and monarchies. and ah, it's, a big, it's... Uh, it's a big balancing act. Yeah, yeah. Everything from like uh, becoming like a lowly clan that was like a tribe or becoming into a democratic uh, republic or going into like some sort of like Roman sort of like uh, elections and such. It, it allows for a lot. It's, it's really cool, actually. How does it compare to games kind of in the same, the same vein, like, um, I guess Rome Total War or any of the like other paradox games that like have a similar setting. I think it's I think it's something that has finally come into its own identity, and that's that's good because when it first started out, it didn't it did have its own identity, but it didn't those systems didn't work because they were simply just like ticking up an upgrade kind of deal it didn't feel personalized and it didn't feel like you're actually building this greater kingdom kind of deal. Now this, this game I would say is focusing on, uh, I would say building states of the ancient world. Okay. It's not this, it's not like crusader Kings where there's already like an entrenched system of, uh, of beliefs and you're kind of moving them as you go. Right. It's, it doesn't uh, feel like Stellaris, where you're just kind of just wildly trying to expand in every direction. Uh, it doesn't feel like uh, Europe Universalis, where you're trying to play this huge um, map painting kind of deal. Uh, it's more war, I would say it's more warfare based, based with Europe Universalis and such. Uh, but this game focuses on like the different cultures that are of the ancient world. It focuses on the different uh well beliefs that were around and everything from like uh the the egyptians like kemetic pharaohs faith kind of deal from the hellenistic to the druids of france and you, you kind of get a different feel for what all these different peoples and cultures were and i feel like it blends that stuff a lot more you feel like you're in the ancient world where there's still migratory tribes that can come in and well pillage and, and and raid your place so you got to make sure you have like strong enough defenses to be able to combat something like that i don't know i I've, i very much have enjoyed how this game has been shaping up 
Hmm. It's good. I. It's funny because when you talk about paradox games, I do feel like some of them blend. Some of them like, some of them then diagram with each other. Mm-hmm. Like they they share mechanics or they share themes or they share they share different things going on in them. It yeah. sounds like this one definitely shares the setting, but not but has a lot more detail than most of the other ones. Would you say that? Yeah, yeah. I'd say the biggest difference of it right now is that when it first came out, it was taking some of the best features from some of all the other games, and it didn't feel right. And now it has made all those features its own game. Its own. Okay. So that, that I think that's how I would best describe the change from when it was into what it is now. And it feels like all the 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 mechanics feel appropriate for for the eight for the time period it's going for because i feel like a lot one of the issues paradox games do have is that they it, it takes them a little bit to find where their footing is and where the game's supposed to be going i mean i know we talked about this before where stellaris totally different game from what it started from and it's pretty much the same thing with the with the Imperator Rome as well. It's evolved. Yeah, it's it's very much evolved as a game. Do you feel like there's still room for improvement? Yeah, I do. But now it's at the point where it's like, okay, this feels like there's going to be genuine improvement, not oh, let's let's try and salvage this this shitty game. It's more like, okay, we can probably make some genuine improvements towards different things. Like, I can mm-hmm. see how they can uh, further expand on different cultures and such and make that more important. Uh, they actually just came out with an update today. So that, that was a huge culture expansion, so I still have to dig in to see how much that changed things. I mean, that's pretty important for a game about Rome. Yeah, yeah. The culture of everything. <laughs> yeah. What uh what, okay, dream dream thing in the game right now. What are you kind of missing from the game that you think you'd really that would slot in really nicely? Like maybe it could be from another paradox game or maybe it could be from a different game entirely. I would say probably uh more one of the issues I do have with it is that a lot of the different tribes uh, feel very samey. So that just kind of what it comes down to, because, like, there's over, like, a thousand different, like, different countries you can play as in the game, right? And it's it's focused all on, like, the Mediterranean and, like, all the way over to India kind of deal. And I feel like it would be nicer if there could be more of a diversity of... uh, unique abilities that the different uh tribes and such would have because like you have the romans which can like build roads and and they can have like very strong certain types of troops and such uh and certain types of tactics and i feel like there's not as much as diversity as there should be for for things that aren't like the romans or the greeks or the carthaginians or like the persians I feel like there needs to be a bit more of a breakup of types of uh, tribes and such like that. Actually, you know what? No, a random a random world I think would actually be a pretty nice addition to the game. Oh, not pl- not playing on Earth. 
No, playing on Earth still, you just kind of randomize. You just kind of break up all the provinces and such. I think that'd be mm. kind of fun. Okay. You still have all the same oceans where they are. Yeah, the same yeah. peninsulas, everything. It's just the, the, the actual countries themselves are not where they should be. Yeah, you can, like, break them up or make them smaller. I think that'd be kind of fun thing. Because uh, I'd say one of the big problems is, is that, well, it is the ancient Rome. It is the ancient world. And you have Rome and you have Carthage. And you have, like, the successor states to Alexander the Great, right? And if you're not them, you have to be careful. <laughs> mm. Granted, okay. you can definitely play as, like, other nations. I did my first uh, playthrough uh, in this version of the game. And uh, I've realized that I was having a really good time when I won the game. How do you mean? Like, I, I was playing for, like, out. I was, like, playing over the weekend, and I kept on playing. I was joined, keep thinking, like, okay, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? And I realized, and then suddenly it was, like, victory. I was like, what? Yeah. Um, going back to a point you kind of made before, like, I'm, um, I can kind of see where you're coming from about the different countries or provinces or clans or whatever having different, like, aspects to them. It almost mm. feels like kind of what you're wishing for is a um, is like a civilization kind of feel where like the different people you play as have different proficiencies and and problems. Yeah, and they do to a degree, right? But they don't really like. You'll have like a bunch that are like, oh, these people are like from farming area. These guys are from like farming areas, so they have like a bonus to that instead of being like. The Romans who have like their Roman heritage bonus instead of being, gen but some tribe over here will have generic tribe bonus kind of deal. So I feel like that would be something nicer to have all around. Now there are specific nations that do have specific bonuses because they had a lot behind them in history. Like we have the documentation for them. We know what sort of special things they were known for. The problem is there's so many different tribes and it's not like there's great record keeping from the the ancient world you're telling me you can't play as some small indigenous tribe and take over the roman empire i mean you can like you definitely can like that's an option <laughs> wait wait hold on pause that's an option no yeah no that, that's legitimately an option you can play as like some small tribe and take over the roman empire that would you be can... like what that would be like playing axis and allies and playing as france and fighting back the entire german army it's it's possible. I kind of want to see that now. Not the Axis and Allies thing. This small, like this, this small little, like I don't know, maybe like hundred person country take over the entire Roman Empire. Well, you got to remember, you're not starting off as the Roman Empire at its peak. Well, okay, building up to it. Like, I imagine, I imagine, like you are you as this small tribe or you as small people. Can you fight back against the, the people who traditionally settled it and maybe the larger countries and all that? Mm -hmm. That'd be kind of hilarious to me. Yeah, because, I mean, you got to remember, the Romans were taken down by tribes like that. Yeah. No, I thought the fall of Rome was because a meteor hit them. Uh. <laughs> you didn't even entertain that. You were just like, ha. Ah. You heathen of history. You know not the Visigoth. 
I'm going to go talk to my history teacher from college and be like, hey, you told me it was a meteor that took out Rome. And he's like, I mean, that was the guy. The, that was the name of the guy's sword. <laughs> he Not made a sword. He made a sword out of a meteor and that took down Rome. And I'm like, oh, OK. Um, Leg- legit Roman history. <laughs> do you feel like you know this is always something interesting when you talk about paradox games do you mm-hmm. feel like this game is educational like somebody could actually learn the history of rome through this that's a very funny question because i've always i learned a good amount of like history from those type of games in the fact that things existed not like the nitty-gritty of them it's more like, oh, that was a thing. Like, understanding um, that there were certain states uh, that existed back then. Like, uh, how, what exactly was the extent of the uh, fall of Alexander's kingdoms and such like that, right? Like, how the different parts were. Or, like, the fact that uh, gives it a better idea of, like, how was the Holy Roman Empire kind of set up. Like, you get, like broad strokes i would say uh i i wouldn't i wouldn't talk to a history professor about them you'll, you'll look like a damn fool <laughs> <laughs> i know so much about history because i played rome total war and they'll be like uh-huh <laughs> okay yeah i think i think they're good for understanding like what sort of things were around during the time like, if you're playing any of the Total War games, like, you'll figure out, like, uh, oh, well, there's the Hungarians, or, like, oh, there's the, uh, what is it, the Teutonic Knights and such. Like, you, you can get, like, an idea, you can get, like, a brief view of, like, oh, okay, so, like, there, there was these sort of, like, crises, or there were um, a, uh, what is it, a certain civilization was around, and it was kind of a deal. Hmm. But I feel like if you're trying to learn specific history, uh, no. Definitely hard no. I guess, yeah, I was thinking about it because we had that discussion yesterday about kind of learning and teaching ourselves like Greek, Egyptian, mm-hmm. uh, Norse mythology through um, through video games or through media. Um, and I, I, I guess it's always interesting to me to see like these games, these, this genre of games, like the Paradox, like grand strategy games, and how it kind of does fit into a mold of educational. It's not going to give you the exact thing that happened. It's not going to give you like down to the science of what, what actually happened back then. But it'll teach you the broad strokes. It'll teach you kind of like what actually happened. And it's if it's anything like the other Paradox games I played, I'm sure there's wikis full of like detailed information about all of these people yeah that that's definitely for sure you can definitely find out better information about them at the time because like uh they'll they'll try and do things as historically accurate as possible and give you the feel of what it was like to uh be in these sort of kingdoms and have to deal with all the politics within them right Mm -hmm. and oh it feels like hot garbage (laughs) and i mean like you're like, oh god, I gotta stop these people from being greedy bastards and trying to get their own family forward instead of actually getting my damn country forward. 
But yeah, it right. doesn't feel like it's trying to just like shoot you in the foot for no reason. It's like uh, we'll we'll help, but like we're not doing stuff for free, and that's kind of how it worked for all of history. <laughs> yeah, if anything, it's not teaching you history as in a textbook definition of it, but it's showing you how the systems worked, how how power was kind of held in this in in this day. Yeah, kind of vaguely. I'm going to put it to you this way: it's I would say it is as accurate as age of mythology did for teaching <laughs> mythology uh you're talking about history right real life yeah. history correct that's that's the parallel chronos came out of the ocean and stopped time to kill everyone that's correct no that was that my point. That, that happened <laughs> um no so yeah I, I i don't know it's always just been interesting to me to see how these games are semi-educational and not in a traditional like read your textbook and then we'll quiz you on what the answers were but more just like showing you how life was back then to a semi-realistic degree like at least in this game it sounds like down to like a microscopic level of like how do the people feel about you in your individual towns or something like that in a a way in a way i wouldn't say microscopic level well Uh, yeah yeah, yeah. there's there, of course there is since it's a game there's going to be a good level of abstraction right like you can't you can't have the one for one feel of flogging your peasants because it's kind of fucked up <laughs> uh, but it's it's more along the lines of you get a you get a good feel for it and i think it tries to be as true to uh the time period while being fun with the mechanics or interesting with the mechanics. Yeah. And I think that's that's a good way to describe what they try to do. To have it interesting but sort of representative and not feel horrible to play with. <laughs> I mean that's that is that is kind of the goal at the end of the day is to put you in this situation and gamify it enough to the point where you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. I um I've had a I'd have I have a love-hate relationship with Paradox games in the way mm-hmm. that I love how they're designed and I love how the the idea of them. I just don't think I like playing them. I think that's a very fair view to have. Yeah, like I, I will not say that Paradox games are for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I and, love hearing people talk about them because they're super interesting. But yeah, no, I get you. I still we still need to get back to Stellaris. We do. We do need to play like a a good long game with Star, Stellaris, uh, especially since they came out with more updates and such. But hey, that's that is for another time. That's good. I didn't learn that game too far because now I need to relearn it again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. We talked about video games. If any of you stuck through that, thank you. You're the you're you are king or queen nerd. Your your crown is in the mail. I thank you for indulging me in my Imperator room. I had fun. Oh no, I zoned out the entire time. Yeah, saw that coming.